What do the Panthers need to do to have a successful offseason? Let's talk about that. Good morning, listeners. Welcome back (laughs) to another Daily Panthers podcast. My name is Wes Taylor, and this is the Daily Panthers podcast. I'm your host, with the medium, I am the only person on this one-man crew, production, executive written, I don't know, all the roles, all the things, I'm the one doing them. Happy Friday. I hope you're all going into this day ready to kill it, ready to succeed, ready to get to the weekend. It's finally Friday. I'm free again. Happy Friday. You're welcome for that. I can't play anymore or else we will get sued. And by we, I mean me. But uh, today, I want to talk about the off season because that is what we are currently in now for the rest of time, it feels like. But at least for the next six weeks before we get to training camp. So training camp dates have been announced. Let's go over those now. So, drumroll please. The Panthers will be at Wofford College again in Satan's butthole in the hottest spot this side of the South. Free tickets will be made available on Thursday, June 29th at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster. Uh, The Panthers rookies will report to camp on July 22nd. Veterans will report on July 25th. And the first practice will be held on Wednesday, July 26th at 10.15 a.m. On Saturday, July 29th, the Panthers will host our annual Black... Jesus, no, not Black, Back Together Saturday event. I was like, oh, Black Together, like they're going to wear all black jerseys, and that'll be really cool, and the Black Helmet. No, Back Together event. Saturday, starting at 11 a.m., will feature practice, performances from Panthers Entertainment Groups, and fun interactive activities so it will include two days of joint practices with the jets on august 9th and august 10th so if you want to go to those 12 total practices open to the public uh so uh the dates are as follows i think you can get up to six tickets for these things so uh, or and it might be six different practices too so But July 26th, July 27th, both at 10.15. July 29th, the Back Together event, 11 a.m. July 31st at 10.25 for some reason. August 1st at 10.15. August 2nd at 7 p.m. It's the Fan Fest, which is apparently different than the Back Together event. August 4th, 10.25. August 5th, 10.15. August 6th, 10-15, August 8th, 10-15, August 9th and 10th, the joint practices with the Jets. That'll be a good one to go to. It's free. You get to watch our team play against Aaron Rodgers and one of probably one of the best teams in the NFL next season in the Jets. I mean, they do have one of the best defenses, uh, probably the best cornerback in the NFL in Sauce Gardner. And then one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. However you feel about him as a person, you got to admit he is a true easy as pie, a Hall of Famer. So it's going to be an interesting practice. I wonder how many Jets fans live in Charlotte. I don't know. 
I don't really see much of Jets fans. They have been bad for a while. They did have that run back in the 2000s with Mark Sanchez, where I think they went to, was it back-to-back AFC championship games? If they would have had a good quarterback, man, they might actually have a championship under their belt in the last decade or last quarter century. But their only Super Bowl is what? Was it 1971 or something with Joe Namath? I might be totally wrong about that. I know that the Dolphins' perfect season was 72, so, and I think Joe Namath was in the 70s, so had to be somewhere around there. But if they didn't have that, wow, they would. It's so funny to me, the New York teams, the Knicks and the Jets are like mirror images of one another. And then you have the Giants who aren't even located in New York, but they have the championships. And then uh, you have the, um, oh my gosh, Brooklyn Nets who... Again, I don't think they're located in New York either, so I don't know. I'm just glad that New York hasn't had a lot of success lately because when they were good, that's all you really hear about, but now we only hear about LA, and they haven't really been that good. The Rams won a Super Bowl last year, so I'll give them that, but that wasn't really their team. I mean, they had just moved to LA, but fair enough, and then the Lakers always get talked about regardless, even if they're good or bad, if they're missing the playoffs or not. They're still going to talk about the, the Lakers, so especially with LeBron on there. But anyway, this is not a basketball podcast. So all those times for training camp are available and up. So June 26, 10 a.m. is when you can start getting your tickets. I'm going to try to get a ticket to the joint practice. I think that would be a lot of fun. But, you know, I'll, I'll probably take what I can get. There's going to be autograph signings and stuff if you've never been I haven't been yet, so I'm excited to go this year, hopefully. I usually can't because summer's my busy season, but I hear it's a lot of fun, and it's a great way to get autographs. I'm a big card collector, so I'd love to get Bryce Young's autograph on a Bryce Young rookie card or a draft card. They haven't released the rookie cards yet, so that would be really cool for me to keep. If you resell something you get signed at training camp, you are the worst kind of person. So not only did you elbow in front of little kids which again I have no sympathy for little kids if you're bigger than them get your autograph why should we have to give up all the fun for little kids okay get to the front of the line get your autograph not thwarting you for that but if you do that and then go and sell that autograph then that's when you become a butthole so do not do that don't be a jerk if you're going to get an autograph if someone's going to take the time to sign something for you then you need to hold on to it Keep it, cherish it, love it, care for it. You're not going to go down to Satan's butthole, get a signature, and then resell it. That's just too much work. Just buy one off eBay. It's fine. But anyway, I digress. Um, So for training camp, there will be a lot of things happening. There will be a lot of overreactions. I'm going to warn you now. You need to just settle down. Temper your expectations. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be middles. There's going to be lefts, rights. There might be an injury or two. We just got to keep our heads. Um, Jason Horn may or may not be participating at that point. I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of doubt it that he's going to be participating. They said he'd be ready for the season. I don't know if that means training camp, preseason, or regular season. So whatever it means, remember the regular season is what we care about. Training camp, preseason, great time for us to see some things. Great time for us to... 
evaluate some guys, but it's not a great time for us to evaluate starters, and it's not a great time for us to get guys' feet wet who have been injured. So let's keep J.C. Horn off the practice field until we have to and just worry about the guys who are there. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Hayden Hurst was out there at minicamp. He had been injured, so he seems to be fully back. But it'll be another six weeks before we see him on the field. Uh, you never really know what guys are going to have cert excuse me, surgeries and other things that just kind of pop up. Rich people get surgery so casually. Um, when you're broke like a regular fam and you can't afford healthcare in America, surgery is like a big deal. When With rich people, like athletes, I just feel like it's so casual. Like, oh, Hayden Hurst got a surgery to get his hernia fixed. Or, oh, Brian Burns got a surgery on his ankle to get it fixed. And like, for us, I think that's what the disconnect is between fans and the team. It's like, oh, surgery, ah, scary. Oh, for us, surgery is a big deal. But for them, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going into surgery today, and then I'm going to go get lunch. It's like so much more casual for people like that who have access to anything and everything, and rightfully so. I mean, their bodies are worth millions of dollars. But I think we should just settle down anytime we hear surgery, unless they have the word season ending in front of them. Season ending surgery. That is the only kind of surgery we need to worry about. All these casual walk-in-the-park surgeries, don't worry about them. We will be fine. J.C. Horn's going to be fine. Brian Burns, Hayden Hurst, all of our guys, minor injuries, minor surgeries apparently. Laparoscopic, I hope. I think that means they don't cut into them, right? That's what they did when they took my appendix out. They just use a little robot, cut it open, suck it out, done. So I'm imagining that's what they're doing with J.C. Horn and Brian Burns and Hayden Hurst. So settle those. You don't need to worry about all of those nasty surgeries. And in general, training camp is going to be a great time for us to kind of see which players are gelling and which players are kind of standing out. But also on the other side of it, just temper. I would say it's a great time to evaluate backups, depth pieces, and question marks. I would say it's not a great time to evaluate starters or even someone like Bryce Young. Because with someone like Bryce Young, if you think about his strengths, you know, think about the things that makes him great. So his decision-making, um, that should be fairly on display. Um, you think about his playmaking ability, that will not be on display at all. Um, not in the way that you think. Um, you think about his arm strength, his, um, his leadership. All of those things are not going to be able to be seen. Arm strength, yeah, probably. Uh, accuracy, uh, for the most part, yes. But Frank Reich made a great point the other day, maybe yesterday, uh, where he said, like, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, it's really hard to replicate what you're going to do in a game because if you're an offensive lineman, you have to have something to grab onto. And yes, I know it sounds like a hold, but if you know football, you know there's basically a hold on every play. You just can't call it every single time. But they have to have the pads to hold onto. So if they don't have those, then the defensive linemen are pretty much free to do whatever they want. If you don't have anything to grab onto, um, someone like... Um, is it Michael Bennett from back when the Seahawks played? He, or back when he played with the Seahawks, he liked to have the smallest pads possible. So defensive lineman or offensive lineman didn't have anything to grab onto. And then on the flip side of that, defensive linemen aren't really rushing the quarterback like they normally would be. They're not going upfield. They're just kind of sitting back. Um, they might put on a couple moves or something, make a play like that. But 
Um, they're kind of just sitting there with their hands up trying to bat passes since they don't have anything else to do. So if you see a batted pass, I think Bryce had a couple. Um, Joe Person made the point that he had two batted passes his whole last season at Alabama, and now he's already got two during minicamp or during uh, this period of the offseason between minicamp and other workouts. So, But I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's really not replicating. And, you know, the thing about Bryce Young is that he extends plays. He is able to run around in the backfield, able to um, keep guys, maybe not get guys open, but allow them to have enough time to get open. And he also allows offensive linemen to kind of not take a break, but at least be able to rely on his mobility in case they mess up or something happens. He can avoid the rush. He's not. He doesn't have that ability to extend plays right now because it's it's really not a thing. Like if the deep defensive linemen aren't rushing you and offensive linemen aren't having to block, it's like, what are you running from? What are you extending? So instead right now, it's just if he were to do something like that, say he bought five seconds for his team, he would just be sitting in the pocket for five seconds. And that's not the point of training camp, mini camp. It's not the point of the drills that they're running. There's no drill or exercise in which they're saying, all right, Bryce, what I want you to do is sit in the pocket for five seconds and then you're going to throw. Whereas in a real game, he might be able to extend a play for five seconds. I think that people are kind of forgetting that Bryce Young himself is an NFL level talent and could be an elite talent. They're always so concerned about the speed and the size of the NFL. It's like Bryce Young is that though. He has speed. He has NFL decision-making processing. So he will be able to extend those plays, but you're not going to see that in training camp. And that is one of his big strengths. So you're going to basically see Bryce Young handicapped for the duration of training camp like he has for the duration of minicamp. You haven't seen Bryce Young at his best. He might have been impressive with some throws, might have had some impressive moments, but really you haven't seen him in the place where he's going to be the strongest and the place he's going to be the best. He has not been able to put on his full strength on display. Think about like a pitcher. If you have a dominant fastball pitcher, but the doctor's like, hey, don't throw fastballs right now. We don't want you to hurt your arm. You can only throw change-up slider. You can only throw off-speed. It's like, he's just still really a good pitcher. He's going to be really good with his off-speed stuff, but he doesn't have his fastball. And you're like, when he gets his fastball, he is going to dominate. And that's how I feel about Bryce Young right now. He doesn't have his fastball. He doesn't have that extension. So be on the lookout for that. He's a, he's a Sunday player. He's not a shorts and t-shirt guy. He's a put-on-the-pads that's when I excel the most kind of players. So that'll be really fun to see. Um, and I'm interested to see the connection he makes with three different guys specifically. I mean, I'm interested in all of them, but three specifically. One, Hayden Hurst. I'm very interested to see what connection they make. Be on the lookout for that at training camp of them connecting a lot, especially in joint practices and scrimmages, seven on sevens. I think that we might see a lot of Hayden Hurst's name pop up. Two, Terrace Marshall. We've already seen his name pop up a couple times, but I am very interested to see. They're basically both rookies. Um, Terrace has been able to play in a few games, so I'd say he's probably closer to a sophomore than a rookie. But still, they're very close in age, very close in like time that they've played in the NFL. I think Terrace probably has played in a dozen NFL games, would be my guess, since 
he was in Rule's doghouse for his rookie year for some reason. And then last year, he finally got out of Rule's doghouse. But, you know, it's it was an offense that focused on the power run game, which, you know, he's blocking a lot for. He's not necessarily a featured piece in that. And he kind of was still growing into his own. So I think this is going to be the first year that he's been able to really excel at that. And then three, I'm going to be interested in, you know, it's a very close call between Jonathan Mingo and Adam Thielen. But I think I'm more interested in Jonathan Mingo for that rookie-to-rookie connection. We don't draft Jonathan Mingo without, I don't think we draft Jonathan Mingo without Bryce Young's permission. I don't know that we would do that. With our rookie quarterback, we want them both to be around for a long time. You know, potentially these guys could be connecting for the next 10 years. So we want to make sure that our franchise quarterback, the future of our franchise, is comfortable with who we are taking with our second most valuable pick. Um, 39 is not nothing. 39th pick in the draft is like possibly a first-rounder talent. So depending on the position, and Terrace Marshall at that position, the wide receiver position is very deep in every draft almost. Um, this past year, I think it was maybe a little bit more shallow than normal, um, but I think that Jonathan Mingo is, what was he, the fourth or fifth wide receiver taken off the board? They had Njigba and, um, oh, the guy from USC, Jordan Addison, and then they had someone else, all three of those guys taken off like 22, 23, 24, somewhere around there. And then I don't remember if there's a guy taken between them. And then you had Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo could be the best of the bunch, just given his size and speed, mostly his size and his ability to create separation. I think that he has kind of a unique skill set in which he is able to create about arm's length of separation on plays, but also be physical and get in there, kind of like a Devontae Adams um, without the route running. I think Jonathan Mingo could get there. I think that's kind of his comp a a nice big receiver with some speed who isn't necessarily known for his speed who can make contested catches but get a little space Um, obviously that would be best case scenario since Devontae Adams is quite possibly the best receiver in the NFL right now Jonathan Mingo could be something like that or maybe a um how would I would say DK Metcalf but slower um probably something like that would be great for Mingo so I hope that he is able to reach that but I'm interested to see those three connections, Hayden Hurst, Jonathan Mingo, and Terrace Marshall, I think, just because they're all kind of younger. Um, and then Hayden Hurst, you know, he's a security blanket. Young quarterbacks love a good tight end. I can't make sense of who to pick up on fantasy right now for the Panthers. There's some arguments to be made there. Um, Hayden Hurst is going to get a lot of security blanket throws, I think. Terrace Marshall could have a breakout year, but that just might be the homer in me. Um, you have someone like... Adam Thielen, who maybe could recapture what he's done previously. Miles Sanders, we've called a three-down back repeatedly over and over and over. And he could get a lot of catches this year if you're in a PPR league. And then you've got someone like Bryce Young, question mark. Got some wheels, can throw. Someone's going to pick him up as a backup option in your league, especially since you're a Panthers fan. And they're probably going to reach for it, so... I would probably just lay off on that unless he's available in the later rounds. But I'll talk about fantasy, some other podcasts. It's just very interesting. So that's something you should definitely look for in training camp. Uh, But let's talk about this offseason in general and what the Panthers need to do for it to be a successful offseason. Number one, 
on the docket has got to be signing Brian Burns. You, we got to get Brian Burns locked down this summer. It's got to happen at some point. So before our first game, that's what I mean by the summer, uh, because it's still 95 degrees in September. So between now and September, I want to see Brian Burns signed with the Panthers. That's number one. Number two, Bryce Young signing his contract. Don't want any chance of any holdouts or anything going on. So we'd love to see Bryce Young in a Panthers uniform come training camp. No, none of this news of, oh, they don't respect me or, oh, he actually doesn't like Charlotte, blah, 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 all this Stephon Diggs mess. So I do not want that to happen to us. So we got to get Brian Burns signed. Number two, or not Brian Burns, uh, Bryce Young signed. So Brian Burns first, Bryce Young second. His is slotted. It's really about just language. So at this point, he's going to make the same amount of money. It's just a matter of guarantees and language. That's all. And I think we're pretty confident in his abilities and things. And we've got the cap space. So just go ahead and make it fully guaranteed. Let's roll with this thing. Get this thing going. Get him signed and get him get him in there. Uh, because he is the last one of our draft class that needs to be signed. Mingo signed the other day. And um, everyone else has already signed previously. So let's just go ahead and get it on. Get him in there. Um, so signing Brian Burns, signing Bryce Young. Uh, number three, no injury announcements. No injuries. That's what we need from the Panthers for this to be a successful offseason. I don't want to hear about Adam Thielen getting a tattoo and getting a staph infection and being out for the first four games. I don't want to hear anything like that. So of those three things, signing Brian Burns, signing Bryce Young, no injuries. Number four, releasing the blueprint. If you're not going to do it today on Friday, do it next week, please. Just give us the blueprint. That's all we want. That's all we want to see is the blueprint, please. That that would make this a successful offseason. And then number five, renaming this stadium and making plans for a new stadium. It is time for the Panthers to get a new stadium. I want them to keep it outside. They will not. They want a Super Bowl eventually in Charlotte. So I would imagine that it's going to be a dome. The construction will start eventually. And a new stadium would kind of cement that this is going to be for the Panthers. And this is going to be for Charlotte. And they're not going to move the team. I know that they haven't really been in talks to move the team. That hasn't really been something that's been discussed. But a new stadium would go a long way in that. And I think that um, if David Tepper were to pay for it all on his own, that would warrant a lot of good faith from the fans. If David Tepper was like, you know, I'm worth $16 billion. Let's put a billion dollars into this stadium. Or at least like match what the taxpayers are doing. I mean, if you're going to ask for like, maybe ask for $200 million in taxpayer money, you don't ask for a billion in taxpayer money. Or do like the Vikings did and pay it off early. It's like, it's it's just, I hate when billionaires ask for money to build a new stadium when they know that they're going to make money off of it. Just gets on my nerves. But I do love the Panthers stadium location. It's one of the few stadiums I feel like that are located like downtown and accessible to other things. Um, it does make it hard to tailgate, but also it makes it accessible to the city. And I'm a big big supporter of city accessibility, walkability, and um, just an overall like non-dependency on cars. So 
I'm all for that. They should definitely keep it in the general area where it is because I do think it's in a perfect location. Especially when I leave personally, I just get to hop on to um, the highway and then head home. So I do like that. Um, but I would like to see some stadium news, at least picking a name. I think it might be Ally. They're kind of taking over all the naming rights to everything. I have a friend who works there and they're at the Panther Stadium like half the time for the soccer team. So um, I think that would go a long way in a successful off season. And then if you want to put a sixth one on there, it's grass. Putting grass back in our stadium. There's really no reason for us to not have it. Yes, we have the concerts and all that, and it's more care, whatever. But the the players want grass, I think. I mean, I thought the players hated the Thursday night games, and then apparently they don't. So, uh, really, it's just the fans, apparently, who don't want Thursday night games. But... I think putting grass back in the stadium could go a long way in good faith with the players and good faith with the fans. I'm interested to see what Bryce Young thinks about it. Does Alabama have a real grass field? I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but that's something to think about as well. So as far as stadium renovations go, I think that if they were to build a new stadium, if it had grass, that would be amazing. And the Panther Stadium is already outdoors and it's in freaking north slash south carolina it's right on the border so i'll give credit to both but north carolina and and but right on the border it's really probably like what 30 minutes from south carolina but uh either way it should have outdoor it should be real grass and it should be outdoors it should not have a dome in in north slash south carolina that's just ridiculous it'd be it's just such a fun atmosphere and Going to a game outdoors is so rare now. It's like all over half the stadiums are domes. Basketball is obviously inside. We don't have a baseball team, so that's what we do. The Knights, but they're AAA. They're not an MLB team. Their games are fun to go to, though. I do enjoy those. But you got to put the grass in. you got to keep it out of a dome or at least make it retractable so you can still see uptown. From the stadium, I just think that's such a cool feature that they should keep in personally. So, if they're going to do a new stadium or something like it, I think that that is some things that they need to consider. Um, but overall, final mini camp thoughts I think that you should overall be very happy with where the Panthers are right now um, from mini camp. But also, and if you're going to put a seventh thing in here for it to be a successful offseason, we lack depth at cornerback and edge, um, or at least we lack depth at cornerback and we lack a legit starter at edge. Uh, we have Brian Burns and then we have a bunch of other guys. So I'll be very interested to see what they do this offseason in terms of looking for edge rushers. We've been linked to Daniel Hunter. We've been linked to really any deal because Scott Fitterer is in on everything. Sometimes he just needs to sit on his hands and not do anything, but I digress. Uh, we we need to add cornerback or edge depth. And it looks like they've got like three or four cornerbacks trying out right now, or at least they've signed some to show up at training camp. I think three or four undrafted rookies are coming to training camp to try to compete for a position. You know, if I was a cornerback, the Panthers would definitely be one of the locations I'd look at because you definitely have one of the best chances to get on the team with what we currently have on the roster. I mean, with we have two surefire starters who are both off injured, and then we have two 
backups or nickel corner, whatever you want to say, who are suspect at best and have shown that they are not ready to be starters or cannot be starters at this point, at this point in their careers. So I think that if I was a cornerback, this is probably one of the destinations I'd be looking at. I don't know everyone else in the NFL's cornerback situation, so there may be a better situation out there for guys. I always say do what's best for you. You're not going to hurt my feelings, but I would seriously consider trying out for the Panthers, especially if you're like 6'1". Uh, Scott Fitterer definitely has a type. He loves those big physical cornerbacks like J.C. Horn, those physical specimens. So if I was a cornerback, I would definitely think about it. It looks like a few have at least joined us. I don't know if they've preferred free agents, like preferred walk-ons or they get bonuses or whatever, but definitely should be thinking about it. We need to add edge or cornerback depth pieces here for the offseason because something's going to happen. If someone's going to get injured, it's going to be Dante or JC. I mean, we Dante hasn't even stepped foot on the field yet, so we have no idea what he is feeling like, what he's looking like. That's a bigger question mark than people are kind of talking about. I don't hear many people mention the fact that the man is coming back from an Achilles injury, and we really don't even know what kind of player he's going to be. We don't. We know what he was in the past, but this is a new chapter for him. He's not the same person, not the same player as he was. So we have no idea what we are getting. It's basically like we just signed a free agent who we've never seen play before. Because we haven't. We haven't. You have seen Dante Jackson play, but you've never seen Dante Jackson after an Achilles surgery. And that's a big deal when you tear something like that. So we really, it's just a huge question mark. We have no idea what he's going to be like. And I'm very nervous about it. And then J.C. Horn, we have no idea how long his feet are going to last. He is, yeah, that's another, like, not as big a question mark as Dante, in my opinion. But still a question mark nonetheless. So in our in our cornerback situation, it's just all question marks. All question marks at one of the most important positions in the NFL. So all in all, you should be nervous about that. Um, we might get into a few shootouts here. So maybe do take some Panthers players. It, it might be like the Lions were this year where it's like one of the top five offenses and one of the bottom five defenses could result in some high-scoring games for us this season. So don't be surprised when you see 35-32 to 32 pretty often this season. But, well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I will talk to you later. Have a great weekend. See ya.